0: Before diving into today's episode, did you know that this podcast has a supporters club? By becoming a member, you not only gain access to exclusive content, but also play a crucial role in supporting your favorite podcast. See the link in the episode description to find out more. Now, let's get back to the episode. Well, it's been an interesting couple of days. I know I didn't have a show presented for the J360 Legion last week, but I had a double episode planned anyway this week. Not to mention I was working on the party show and I'm still going ahead and designing some stuff for J360 Live, so I've been a little bit busy here and there and everywhere and uniting everybody, getting them back together. Pretty much getting things rolling in J360. Which is why the Song of the Days haven't been um up this week. So they'll be back next week and let's see. Got all these plans here and there. And Song of the Night's gonna happen. Yeah, okay. You know something? A producer's job is never done, but let me tell you this, we're about to cross a milestone. There's 20 episodes coming soon. Matter of fact, it's going to start right now. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on... J360 Radio. Hey, J360 Legion, and welcome to episode 20. Damn, it feels good to be back. <laughs> Felt like I haven't seen y'all in a week, which is debatable considering I host J360 Live often, so. But yeah, I am here. The leader of J360 is back. So I'm sure you've all seen the latest from uh, Retrograde 45. I mean, plenty of bombs in his presentation as of late, including the mother of all of them. I mean, hey, look. I'm gonna be real with all of you. I'm not buying a lot of this stuff that's going on. You understand what I'm saying? It was cool that he did an Easter egg festival for the kids, you know what I'm saying? Or what was it called? The Easter egg roll? I mean, that that was cool. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna go ahead and throw mud on him for that. That was awesome. But considering that how all those people act towards other adults, you know the taxpaying kind, which by the way I hope A lot of y'all filed and put your taxes in. Because guess who's paying for that wall? It seems like everybody else is playing him. And now we're all involved in this Syrian conflict. And as we should be, because we want to keep an eye on things. Kind of tough to say about all these things. Because it seems like there's a lot of hearsay going on. And all the issues with North Korea. Don't you think that, because China and North Korea are pretty tight. Don't you think that the meeting with China should have occurred with something regarding... Telling them to not pursue their whole nuclear plan. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe it's a little bit more complicated. Maybe there's just something that China doesn't want to do. But it's like this. All this higher American, buy American, executive order things. But you do know that the dude is getting money and all sorts of back pay from China, right? You know, don't turn on your blinders to this whole thing. Those 38 licenses or so that he had with China are still in effect. As a matter of fact, it got approved not too long ago. So how's he going to sign an executive order about hire American and buy American when he's pretty much got, you you see the conflict of interest, right? I'm not the only one that sees this. And see, the thing about it is, I'm not being a liberal by saying these sort of things. I'm being a little bit more of common sense American, wondering where the hell the money's coming and going. You see what I'm saying? Things to pay attention to. And that includes Ivanka's clothing line. Ladies, ladies, this is Jay talking to y'all. Is Ivanka's clothing line really that damn important? You know, you got people out here starving. You got people out here that need homes. You got people out here that need a strong education. And not only that, some good quality jobs so they can make their state of living better. Is her clothing line really that damn important? I didn't think so. Nordstrom dropped it because it wasn't selling. It's not because it was... crap it was because it wasn't selling but you know that is donald's favorite child so as we go about this you'll see where this is just this is more of a circle jerk than it always has been no matter how many types of bombs and everything else that he's throwing over there it's like are there really justifications for this you see what i'm saying is this just another sign for him to push that agenda for that 80 or so billion for the defense increase even though our military is like beefy as hell and you saw that right well you know that's the thing right to the point where we are all disappointed in his domestic policy however when he goes and handles this foreign stuff oh we all gung-ho about that aren't we there's ways to show strength and you don't really need to show your strength off by displaying it in that manner it's the idea of how tough they think you are but you see donald trump is one of them kind of people who's so thin-skinned that he has to go ahead and do all of these things and play into the hands of those dictators that are on the other side of the world. They're playing them. They know what they got. The whole thing is nothing more than a giant ego stroke. Wake up and pay attention. And as for safety, well, sometimes you gotta think about how much of your liberty is being sacrificed for quote unquote safety. And then you have to remember how many people have an agenda here. Not to mention that a representative from Wisconsin said about internet privacy, you don't have to use the internet. Bullshit. The way things are so converged these days, the internet has become a necessity. This isn't the late 90s anymore where you had that choice of mail-in and everything else. You could mail your bill in, you could mail your tax papers in, you could do all that stuff. I'm sure it's still open out there, but if you really wanted to get there, the internet makes it convenient. And then as the convenience grows, it's a part of our lives. Hell, nowadays, I'm sure there's some people that don't even carry credit cards anymore. They have them on their phones and stuff. You know... The list goes on and on. You can go ahead and say that stuff if you want to, but let me tell you this. When his stuff is up for bidding and somebody buys his information, if he's in the news complaining about, gee, what have I done? What have I done? Well, (laughs) I'll be like this. You didn't have to use the internet, jackass. And another thing, it's more conflicts than need be. There's infighting going on in the White House. Isn't it amazing how the White House was a symbol of hope And now it turned into a symbol of tyranny. (laughs) My how things have changed. And soon enough, it's going to be his hundred days uh, tomorrow. Exactly. So, geez. uh, Take victories when you can. At least we all survived a hundred days of Trump. Now we have to continue going forward so we can survive whatever's left of Trump. But the thing about it is we survived the hundred days after tomorrow. Hey, those of you out there that are in marketing... Go see how much those shirts would cost and don't put his picture on it. Just go ahead and say, I survived Trump's 100 days and sell that stuff. You will make a lot of money and you can thank yourself for that. Because needless to say, it's time for independent marketing to rise again anyway. Well, if not already, I think it's still pretty good. Uh, It's just a tough time we're going to be facing. I mean, especially with all the conflicts and stuff. Man, as soon as he fired off those bombs, all of his lovers came back and they said, I love this man. This is what I voted for. This is America again. Really? You don't say. I, gee, I, I thought we were still America when Obama was around. I thought we were America when Bush was still around. Hell, I thought we were America when uh, Clinton was still around. You know what I'm saying? It, once again, everything doesn't really go without merit. It's just people's point of views that are unchecked. And luckily, the internet gave all of us a voice. I mean, I feel blessed to be able to do a podcast show. But I also feel blessed to understand that I have to relay facts to all of you, and I have to base certain segments not off of my narrative alone. But, you know, when I talk about people like Donald Trump or when I talk about people like, you know, Amy Pascal from Sony Pictures, you know, I have to have facts to go with this. I can't just necessarily bring me and my biasness or my narrative into the whole thing and just make a jaded view. I'm sure some of you have noticed that, especially when you have that viewer interaction and soon enough we're going to have that. It's just questionable at this point, but still the man is not presidential to me just because he blew up an airfield and he dropped the mother of all bombs someplace. You know what I'm saying? Hell, didn't Obama use drones? Now that I think about it, how is it that we forget? You know? How is it that things happen and we really forget? Is Three Mile Island blowing out some radiation smoke that really makes us forget what happens over a certain period of time? Because keep in mind this. While we're already in a state of concern because of all the issues that are going on with surrounding countries and pretty much the 45th retrogrades behavior, and not to mention the behavior of incompetent ink as a whole, how are we able to forget this kind of stuff? The number one thing is to know that there is a problem and make steps to solving that problem. You can't just turn a blind eye and put white out on that stuff and expect things to get better. It doesn't work like that. But anyway, until further notice, you know, we have to go ahead and play the blind game because if we are dared to go ahead and come at him with facts, he will be quick to deny the thing. And then he'll also play this game. Take it away, Prince Lotar. It's not fair. They ganged up on me. Whenever Donnie Boy says fake news always think of that clip okay it'll save you some time in the long run and you know it'll probably provide a good laugh before we're all nuked off the face of the earth who knows look all i'm saying is you don't start a war that you can't hope to win and needless to say seems like a lot of pissing going on because that's all this is as a giant contest between our nations right now it should be about us fixing our country because things are slowly starting to show their decline now it is slowly i mean what with um cutting meals on wheels and giving up internet privacy and gee um quite a lot of other things that are just conflicting at the moment ridiculous right but that's the state of the world right now we have to pay attention so we can know how to stand up towards it there ain't no time to be apathetic now it seems like my trump watch is kind of off base but then again it's not because that's all the news now it's just somebody said this somebody else said that pretty much this isn't true we all heard it One thing's leading to another, but there's also something that comes up as a blinder for us. If it's something that deals with investigating this man and his Russian ties, it's always something that pops up to blind us from it. The Syrian issue is an issue, real issue, by the way. But isn't it convenient that it came up during a time when we were getting closer to the peak investigation of his Russian ties? Isn't it interesting that during the whole Jeff Sessions debacle that all of a sudden another issue came up? The whole Trump Tower has been wiretapped and that President Obama is spying on you through your microwave. Isn't it amazing that how pointless that BS is, by the way, that came up and pretty much was Zeus for a while. Anything dealing with keeping him accountable and honest will always be another issue, another blinder. And this time it was a war conflict, an actual sort of war conflict that is. what well, could have led us to war anyway. Still, it was an armed conflict, and it was an armed response, I should say. You know, but in other times, that would have been a declaration of war, and we would have been in some shit. The point is, is that even if you were to beef up our military even more, even though it doesn't need it, I don't know why people are running around making it seem like America is defenseless. We're not defenseless. I mean, if anything, we got a lot of apathy. We got a lot of isolation thoughts and things like that. And you know what the number one thing we have a lot of? Fear. All of this is caused by fear. Hypothetical fear, paranoia fear, and so on. Any sort of thing that is out of out of place and it can't be recognized fully, nine times out of ten is probably your fear. And you gotta work on countering it. That's the thing. We, we gotta work on stop being afraid of shit. stand tall and actually go through the times that are before us. And you know... I know this because there are things that even i'm scared of but i have to get over it in order for me to be happy and live and i'm sure a lot of you notice know you have to do the same thing too some of you have it more severe than i do but that's the only way we're able to survive and get back into doing what we got to do i really do feel for a lot of y'all that um really needed that planned parenthood and now that that's to fund it you know just yeah, I, I really do feel for you because some of y'all use it for the right reason. Now, for those of you that m- abuse the system and stuff, and I know who you are, and you know I don't give a damn about you then. But the ones that really needed it, like say like it's your first child, and you want that fixed income, and you're doing the best you can to try to make ends meet, I really do feel for you. It's just maintain, do the best you can, try to work something out, just do the best you can. Deal making is really important at this point. But... Moving on, we got to go ahead and cover some other things in the show today. I just wanted to go ahead and let you all know that I'm not giving up the Trump Watch segment. I know that I kind of changed it around for the last few episodes, but you know, I'm just waiting for something real significant, because right now, it's pretty much just finger-pointing going on, contradictions. It's the same old bunk that's been there for the last, you know, 90 or so days. And since we're getting closer to 100, which is tomorrow... I can only imagine what those damn State of Union address will be. I'll laugh and cry at the same time. Of course I won't really cry, but I'll have that very pissed off look on my face. <laughs> what a time, man. I mean, I don't know how the hell we got to this point, but as we get through it, you know, I'm still there doing what I gotta do for people and, you know, just being a voice. Outside of all that, now have you all heard this as of late? I'm sure a lot of you out there, like I do, enjoy animation of all kinds. You know, some from the West, some from the East. Some of y'all have pretty much turned your back on Western animation for some reason because you love Eastern animation all the time. And you try to go ahead and do this sort of thing, right? You try to say that Western animation sucks compared to Eastern animation. Now, depending on the context or the content, do you have a point? Or is that, once again, the whole thing back in episode 10 about good and bad movies? Let's be real here. You see, when you turn your back on Western animation, you're turning your back on great classic comedies. You're turning your back on Looney Tunes. You're turning your back on the Hanna-Barbera Library. You're turning your back on uh, Ruby Spears. And then you're also turning your back on Jay Ward Studios, which is now Bullwinkle Studios, by the way. Well, actually, it's J. Ward Productions and then Bullwinkle Studios, but still accounts. MGM Studios, even though they closed down their animation departments and all that sort of thing, they still do count because sometimes they do open these studios back up and they have people do the work for them. But also, you can't necessarily say one's better than the other because, well, remember when I mentioned Convergence earlier? Yeah, it's been happening for a long time. Believe it or not, some of the things that you might love was probably made here in the West, too. And then there's some things that you might love that is made over there In the East. Like, you know, there are some episodes of Batman the Animated Series that was made over there in Japan and shipped back here. You know what I'm saying? There are some areas where they were made in different... Globalization is a very real thing. I don't know why people even try to do region talk anymore. You see what I'm saying? Once again, it's one of those things that depend on your opinion. But needless to say, remember that the scripts are probably written here in the West, but chances are the artwork is probably done either in... You know, it's probably done in Canada. It could be done over there in Japan. Though, you know, the country you keep praising and throwing all that stuff around. Like, all those other things. And I'm not saying Japanimation is bad. As a matter of fact, I love anime. But I also know that West... The West was pretty good at one time when it came to serious animated content. And it can come back to that again at some point. And then, heaven forbid, you know that country we're trying to build the wall against? Mexico? You know, those Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons were actually drawn in Mexico. So if you think about it, a lot of things that we are all trying to go ahead and say, like, is one is better than the other. It's really an opinion thing. And needless to say, there can be serious animated features coming around here. Matter of fact, I remember one called Johnny Quest. Hell yeah. And not only that, Johnny Quest didn't play. If you actually got the original series of that, sure, it seemed kind of slow-paced areas, but people actually died on that show. And then, of course, you also have, you know, the original Spider-Man series in the 60s. And you also have, and as I mentioned Ruby Spears in the beginning, Ruby Spears was actually in conjunction with a Japanese animation house. Because they created great shows like Thundercats, Silverhawks, and they also created, um, they created a... I think they created Centurions, too, if I'm not mistaken. But if I am, you know, I'm allowed to be wrong, so don't, don't get carried away. But the thing is, those animated features were here. Now, the problem with it is, is that we don't have cartoon blocks like we used to. We need to have those again. And, you know, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show that came out, that was pretty pretty deep. The one from 2003. The one nowadays, it's, it's good. It has its moments. You know what I'm saying? So I can't knock that. But when you hear like somebody say that sort of thing, it's like living in a narrow pond. You know what I'm saying? The only thing you know is your bank, your pond, and that's it. But when you're out there in the ocean, you'll see like there's so many things out there. And the whole thing is that everything's connected one way or another. Some people make good deals. Hey, you know what? Like for me, as I'm working on some of the material around here for J360 Productions... You know, it would be a lot more cost effective if I could go out there and make a deal with somebody who does do a lot of great drawings and stuff, whereas I do the writings. You see what I'm saying? And then it's a joint venture. So, you know, you pay attention to where the animation cells and everything else are coming from. And you see, like, if we ever do get, like, a Saturday morning block and stuff like that back, hell, I would love to bring that back, to be honest with you, because it seemed like a lot of kids need that sort of thing. It's a good thing they brought Toonami back. But Toonami was a block made for animation, like, you know, Japanimation and everything else. But you can't just go ahead and weigh one over the other. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to do on this is start a new segment for the J-Man show, where as I look at different types of animation. I've actually found a hidden gem not too long ago called Mighty Orbots from the 80s. And yeah, this is definitely the 80s before I was born. But, you know, it had that nice soundtrack and it had that great riff to it. It's pretty much like any other giant robot series back in the day, you know. Multiple robots can combine into certain things. This particular group focused on, I think it was five or six robots, and they could combine into this giant mega robot called Mighty Orbots. And they for and their whole thing was to go ahead and form a galactic defense against this shadowy organization called Shadow, believe it or not, that was ran by a evil intelligent supercomputer called Umbra. Unfortunately, it came out during a time when Gobots was around, and allegedly Tonka was a little bit shy of competition because you see the thing is they had their whole thing because I think the Transformers show. You know, was there a heavy competitor at one time or something like that? And they were kind of losing in sales. And then, heaven forbid, that another show was going to come up at the end of that. And they were like, no, 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 no. They are copying off of us. So, because of copyright and their inability to go on ahead and grow a pair, they pretty much ruined that show. But needless to say, the show managed to get one season, 13 episodes. And when it did, they also did the interesting thing where they defeated their villain in the 13th episode that's what I love you know what I'm saying like see sometimes when you branch out with certain story arcs and stuff you know if you know your show's gonna get canceled which if my shows ever get canceled I'm gonna finish the series I'm gonna at least try to get that main plot line out of the way you know what I'm saying even though there are some things that as you develop characters you know some some scenarios probably won't be resolved so a little bit of retconning will have to be there and the thing is that can get pretty messy But I wouldn't want y'all to wait, even though some shows are worth the wait for a revival, such as Samurai Jack. Now, Samurai Jack is another example of, you know, using Eastern culture, but a Western animation. With some help from, you know, Eastern cultures. And there's nothing wrong with that. So it's like when you see like how some of these things are converged together, it kind of blows your mind that one is not better than the other. It's just that they need each other. One inspires the other. For some people over there, it's still Eagle Land and Freedom over here, even though they have freedom too, but you know what I mean? A lot of them want to be us, and a lot of us want to be them, so it's a revolving door. So As people go about saying this kind of stuff, it's just one of those narrow, you know, circle jerk sessions, and then the thing about it is, it's kind of fun though, because you got some people that really get mad about it, and I don't mind making people mad, because this is the J-Man Show, and remember that golden rule, butts will be hurt. (laughs) That's the thing But if you ever take the time Go look up Mighty Orbots and check out a few episodes I think there are some out there on the internet Still waiting to be seen And you know go check them out quickly Because who knows what's going to happen That we don't have internet privacy anymore But the thing is just go ahead and check it out Sit back and look them over And just see if you enjoy them or not Because believe it or not Every single one of them characters on there Were well written Three dimensional characters at best And I'm talking about three dimensional in terms of depth but, you know, it was a joint venture between a Japanese company and an American company. So, you know, that that, that was pretty cool. And, you know, what? as people go ahead and say this about Western animation, I mean, don't forget that He-Man and the Master of the Universe, I mean, any of those Marvel shows that we see, you know, it's like this. A lot of you independent creatives out there that are actually working on animated features and stuff, you know what, take the time and show them. Take the time and prove that wrong. And remember that you're inspired by so many things. Because the thing is, see, we praise this stuff because of its fine age and everything else, but we also have to remember, we're the future. We have to keep the trend going. So for those of you that are down and out about yourself, you know, talk to me sometime um, via j360productions at outlook.com or on the Twitter at j360 productions and you know let's see where we can go with this because like i said before i don't mind writing and i don't mind looking into like developing certain characters and stuff like that i mean this is the time for everybody to come together and there's always time to network you know which is why i'm working on the j360 radio party series and that's going to be pretty awesome so it's coming soon i think i might have the first episode ready by friday or Saturday at the latest, so, you know, just trying to coast through and get all this stuff done in one sitting, but we'll see what happens, and if not, Tuesday at the latest, Oh, which by the way, I need to tell all of you out there, J360 Live is moving to Wednesdays now, because the party show is going to be taking the Tuesday slot, and it's going to be pretty cool, you will love every minute of it, and what a time for me to plug the show in the middle of this show, right? Right? <laughs> But like I was saying before about animation, you know, like some people hold on to certain animation to high regard that a lot of other animation doesn't get the chance to succeed or find its audience. This is where nostalgia can be very disastrous to all of us. Like going back to Batman, you know, 2019 is going to be a good year. We got all those Bat coming. And let me tell you this, it seems as though Batman is going to be carrying the DCEU much like he did the DC animated universe. You know, because Batman the Animated Series. Now, to be honest with you, I love that show. That show is still good. It's aged well. It's a very good show. Not to mention the games are from the Arkham games actually continue the trend from it. You know, even though they kind of exist in their own continuity, but it's still nice that they make little nods. The show was good, but here's the thing. The show was too damn good because any other Batman property that comes out, people will always compare it to that. And they'll go ahead and they'll say, oh man, it sucks compared to Batman in series. It sucks compared to Batman animated series. Oh, I hate Gotham because it sucks compared to Batman Mid series. It's like, damn, I-, I can understand a good show is a good show, but it wasn't that great all the time. There were times where they had bad episodes too. And I know some of y'all can't handle that, but it's true. It's true. It's sometimes, you know, we hold stuff in high regard. We kind of forget what the hell we're defending. You know, it's like it was a very ambitious series and it managed to do a lot and establish things as a whole. It did very well. But you see, the problem is, is like, you know how you got some people who love that series, love that darker interpretation of Batman? Well, you see, a long time ago, there was a Silver Age interpretation of Batman during The Brave and the Bold, where he would team up with a lot of other heroes. And that was made into a show, but people didn't like the lightheartedness, the humor, and everything else. And it was like, what? Why would you hate this? This is actually enjoyable. This is another side of Batman. If you really think about it, Batman is a 70-some-year-old icon. Soon enough, Superman's gonna have his celebration too. So I gotta get ready for that day. Oh, don't you know? I like them both. Odd, isn't it? I'm just kidding. But moving forward, it's just like people were mad at that. And it's like, you can't be mad at that series. Batman's went through so many trans transgressions over the years. You know, there was times where he was really dark. I mean, how can we forget the dark age of the comics in the 90s? I mean, come on, let's be real. But the thing is, is this. There was also a time where he was fairly lighthearted. There was a time where he was even corny lighthearted. And yes, it's called the 60s series. Like, when you look back at that, you probably look at it and be like, Ooh, what the hell is this? Hmm, what were the people on? Oh, is this drugs? Well, folks, that's the swinging 60s for you. And the thing is, is that they did lighten them up, and then eventually Tim Burton and company came in there and darkened them up too. You know, and then, you know, Christopher Nolan continued the trend, and, like, there are some aspects where sometimes Batman's too dark. But it is what it is. So as you sit there and you, like, look at that kind of stuff, you just have to remember all this stuff plays a role in the development of the character. Stop holding on to this stuff like it's a sacred cow. I mean, if you like a certain era of a superhero, you know, cherish that era, but be open-minded to the evolution of a character. It's kind of like saying how I really liked Spider-Man Back in Black, but I didn't give a damn about Superior Spider-Man when it was Doc Ock trying to be a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker. I mean, the whole thing that led up to that stuff was weird anyway, but then again, so was the idea of Spidey making a deal with Mephisto to annul his marriage to keep his identity secret again. Even though, like, you know, he did go to Doctor Strange, and then there was reasons why they couldn't do it and all that. You know what I'm saying? But it's just odd that he would make a deal with the devil, but it happened. Brand new day happened. Brand new day really sucked. I didn't care for it. But, you know, now that pretty much things have changed in the Spider-Verse, I have to be open-minded to it, otherwise I'm a fossil. See what I'm saying? So you got some people that do that kind of stuff, and they still hold on to the particulars of a character instead of letting them evolve. It's kind of like when you look at them on movies and they do stuff out of character. It's like, no, that ain't the way it works. It don't work like that in the comics. It don't work like... Of course it doesn't. It's based on it. It's a basis. And sometimes that basis can be very loose. You know? Which leads us into another uh, conflict I kind of want to handle right now. Like I said, you know, deal with the evolution of the character. You're going to have to be open-minded to it. Like, when these new movies come out and stuff, there's going to be a lot of -of out-of-place stuff going on. Because it's just not perfect. And you'll have some people who care about the characters more than other people. But you see, people like to complain. And as they do like to complain, that's why we'll forever be in that loop. (laughs) Because nobody's ever going to be satisfied. And... Y'all are going to probably get pissed about this, but you know what? So what? This is the J-Man show. You're going to learn how to deal with it, and this is episode 20, so you can kiss my ass. Moving forward, (laughs) I don't know if some of y'all watch J360 Live at the same time you watch this show. I'm sure some of y'all like this show a lot more than J360 Live, or I'm sure that a lot of you, vice versa. But going forward, I did address the question of the week there, but just for some of you that really love the J-Man show, I'm going to go ahead and address it here. And that question is, what caused Ghost in the Shell to flop at the box office? 75% said whitewashing, 10% said no marketing, 20% said they actually liked the movie. Okay, well, okay, you know, majority rules. As much as I like to twist things around, majority rules. So 70% of you said whitewashing. Now, here's my take on this. Not against any of you, but sometimes some animated movies... Well, actually, some anime movies have a hard time transitioning to live action, but that doesn't mean that people haven't tried, you know, to make these things work. I mean, like Dragon Ball Evolution, not a great film at all, nor is it a strong rep of the source material. I mean, Goku was in school and, okay, that movie just didn't make any sense, but it had some cool features to it, you know, but people raged against that too because of whitewashing, along with the Great Wall movie and now Ghost in the Shell. I mean, we all know that Hollywood is going to make a movie out of any IP they get their hands on to. And we as the fans, we climb onto our nostalgic narrative and speak why this is a horrible thing and that the homeland could do it better. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great arguments, but when pursuing greenbacks, companies don't care. They will cast who they want and they will craft the best story they can or they will half-ass it as need be. And (laughs) they're right based on it to tell you that it's different. Just like I said earlier... Now, keep in mind, butts will be hurt. Some of you will pull the argument of where this story takes place, but keep in mind, Scarlett Johansson is a top actress, and she has that sex appeal to lure anyone in. Y'all been howling for a Black Widow movie for so long and talking about strong female leads, and get this, you finally get a movie with some potential. Now I'm saying some, because the original animated feature of Ghost in the Shell cannot be touched in terms of content and expression. That was a strong piece of neo-noir. It, it can never be emulated that well on film. This film, however, kind of came close. Kind of. Now get this, you get a movie to h- address this issue, but you still complain. And yes, we live in a time where people think with their ass these days. But hell, sometimes, this, and this is for me personally, I want entertainment. I want to just watch a movie regardless of race and all that finger pointing. You're offensive and I'm not bullshit. Now, I believe Jessica Henwick or Julie Ching could have played a great major. But hell, I would want them because of their acting ability and sex appeal and not their ethnicity. A job is a job, and entitlements when abused can make you look like a serious asshole. Sometimes a movie is needed for escape, but some of you love to bring your personal war into movies and just ruin shit. Now, this movie didn't seem that bad for me. It was kind of like how Aeon Flux was with... Charlize Theron wanted to be you know it was a good idea for somebody but when you see it it's just like no it doesn't hold a candle to its source material and needless to say nice try but not close enough you know what I'm saying the thing about Aeon Flux was that wasn't really promoted well either and this movie here I didn't even think it was coming out this year You know what I'm saying? I didn't know about the marketing about this movie. I knew that they were going to make this movie, but I didn't know it was coming out in 2017. You see what I'm saying? And then much like, this is much like Astro Boy. Like, they made a movie on that and it wasn't promoted well. For some reason, they go and they take these films, the rights for these properties, and they make the movies based off of it, I guess to just prove that they could do it and not sell to anybody, or maybe sell to a niche for people to come there and say, oh yeah, i seen that movie, that movie was awesome, how come nobody else saw that movie? You know what I'm saying? If they spend all this money out that they have for all this mainstream audiences, I'm wondering why they're not marketing them. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, at that point, you could care less about whitewashing because there's a lot of people who seriously put time and effort into these movies to make them, and... You know, when you go ahead and you might have a strong point, you may have a strong case for it. I believe it. I believe you do. And it's a problem in some areas, but deep down the inside, we are trying to get better with this stuff, but you can't just hold up production and just make something fail just because you didn't agree with your narrative on it. Go on ahead and write that stuff and, you know, just try to figure out, can you do a better movie? You know what I'm saying? There is such a thing as creating a mockbuster. Do a movie on that. But still, you would want somebody who could play that role and actually achieve it. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm coming from. But here's the thing. You see, the whitewashing outrage did win because Paramount felt forced to admit that that was the cause of the failure. Making movies is a business, okay? It is a interesting business. It is a business unlike any other business. You want to make that film. You want to go in ahead. You want to tell that story. You know, is it because that, is, is it because like certain scenarios that people didn't care for? Because I think Scarlett Johansson did a decent job. You know what I'm saying? Like I said before, I'm not looking at this person because of the race. I'm looking to see an adventure story. I'm looking to see a sci-fi story. I'm not looking to see, oh my God, is she Asian or is she white? Who the fuck cares? You know what I mean? It seems like the people who put all their heart into this kind of stuff have an agenda. And it's an agenda to be offended, to go ahead and halt somebody's progress sometimes. There are people out there like that. Hear me out on this. Don't go into your biasness and don't get defensive. Hear me out on this. It's just, I, I, I don't know how we got into this point. But hopefully someday we can all stop this shit. Though I say hopefully. If it was me, and if I was in charge of distribution, personally I think they should have just waited for fall time when the new Blade Runner is coming, that way so it can compete with that. Know what I'm saying? And actually, you know what, now that I think about it, this whitewashing issue came in Doctor Strange, right? And some people who watch Doctor Strange actually praised Tilda Swenson's performance. So while it is a problem in aspects, I'm wondering if people are just finding things to bitch about like a compulsion. Personally, that's some food for thought. I'm going to let y'all figure that out. But, you know, get back to me on that sometime. Talk to me on Twitter or talk to me on the email about it, and then we'll go from there. But I do have a film to redeem today, and this week's presentation needs to be presented with a song hint. And I think you'll know this, especially if you love FPS games. That's right, J360 Legion, strap on your helmet, arm your BFG, we're going to redeem the Doom movie. Or at least try to. Now, you remember 2005, right? The sign that mainstream movies were hitting into a drought that they managed to bungee jump in and out of every year? Well, it also brought us another video game adaptation called Doom. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was starting his acting career at this point, so... You know, between this and the rundown and the Scorpion King movie, you know, humble beginnings. Now, this movie had it all, believe it or not, from the games. It had guns, monsters, action, and the location on Mars with the UAC icons, key cards, and for the ladies out there, beefy men. You know, not on that scale with Predator, but, you know, <laughs> is what it is. So, what went wrong? Well, it fits the stereotype of any generic sci-fi action film after Aliens. Think about it. A desolate area... With a far-off research center, with creatures attacking various people, until a lone marine platoon is the only force to combat it until so one must stand alone to save the day, and that one man is doom guy. Now, in the beginning, and in for promotions for this film, we all thought the rock was doom guy. Now that's false. As you look through this film, Carl Urban is the doom guy. If you don't believe me, you're way late. But if you take a good look at his face and think of the classic heads-up display of the Marine looking in all directions, it's pretty much the same hairstyle and everything else. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, blinker, you miss it. But, you know, eventually you won't miss it. You'll know. Now, The Rock did play a character close to Doom Guy, which is Doomguy's CEO and friend leading to an unfortunate final battle as the demon infection turns him evil. Well, then again, it wasn't really the demon infection. It was kind of PTSD. He couldn't really handle the gravity of what was happening around him, so eventually he went crazy. But to be fair, the games themselves really never had much depth other than survive, shoot demons, and survive again. There's puzzles and hidden areas, but the main thing is kill or be killed in the games. And since we're in for a two-hour ride, that can get old really fast. You see another thing is is that Doom guy has no characterization other than trying to get to earth and for his pet rabbit or something like that but still he's just an avatar for all of us kind of like how Master Chief is. You know, so they gave him a sister who's a scientist and the name John with the code name Reaper. Now keep in mind sometimes there are reasons for these things. None of the other characters outside of the rock Doom guy and the scientist sister have development. They're generic stereotypes you see in war movies, you know, the psycho teammate, the young fresh recruit, uh, two brothers on the squad, so you know Operation Human Shield is in full effect. Come on, let's be real. We're just now trying to remedy that. That's a problem too. But here, either way, it plays out just like Aliens does, except you really don't care for the characters in this film. Like everyone is just a just bland. If anything, the saving grace of the movie is when Doom Guy actually becomes Doom Guy, has the super stuff injected in him to dish out the pain in first person mode. That was brilliantly done, and it took the crew 14 days to get all of it right, so after seeing that scenario play out on film, I was ready to play my copy of Doom on PS4. Now, other than the FPS scene, however, the movie's other pluses are creature design. Well done. The environment and the dark setup, beautiful. Pretty much brought Doom 3 to life, and Doom 3 was the recent game at the time. And you can also tell that this movie was made to cash in on Resident Evil's surprise success in 2002. So you can't blame Universal for trying. But I will say that this movie just serves as a late night or a mid-afternoon film. As I have seen worse movies. Like, despite all the things that were good in it, it's just average. It's something you would want to watch, but then you would follow up with a better film to just complete your day. You know what I mean? You probably won't even remember certain circumstances of the movie. Now, that being said, I can't redeem this film. It's sluggish, it's generic, and you will feel as though you've seen it before. And to be honest, you have. When James Cameron directed the sequel to Ridley Scott's Alien movie. (laughs) So, you know, that proves that you can't win them all, and there's no redemption here, and it happened on episode 20. So, hey, that milestone I'm passing, seems like a lot of history is being made. But before we go, I have some shoutouts to do. Okay, I'd like to give some shout-outs to the Buffet Boys, S. Anthony Thomas Says, The Epic Phone Guys, The Unwritable Rant, Digital and Dice Podcast, Nerd Rage Podcast, Jason's Talking Time, Mac and Jew, M. Retail Slave, The Retail Rant, Ice in the Face, Super Suit Show, Jake and Tom Conkers, Crazy Town Podcast, Saurus Rex, GIF of Assholes, (laughs) oh that name never gets old, The Countdown Podcast with Paul and Wayne, Starjaws Podcast, The Lex Factor Show, Robin Slim, The Naked Porch, Chrissy's vs. Blute, The Master Debaters, PTO Unlimited, Zombie Kitty Podcast, Sycamore Street Studios, and Secret Stage Team quite a lot of you guys on this list I mean I can't name all of you because you're all just so great so pretty much everybody in the Potter and family and in our social media communities you all deserve respect because I like to appreciate all of you that supported me and helped me get through with J 360 radio here you've all been amazing I love every single one of your content especially those that are just outrageous I love when you all come together soon enough I'm coming to visit because college is winding down, so I'm not really worried about being bogged down by too many things. I plan on crossing over with a lot of you. If not this show, definitely the J360 Radio Party. That's going to be a thing. So yeah, I'm going to definitely visit a lot of you this um, before the year is out. So make no mistake, we won't be strangers anymore. But outside of that sort of thing, that's it I have for this episode. So come back tomorrow because this is part of a special double feature I'm doing for you all for episode 21. And this time, we're going to a galaxy far, far away. This is Jay signing off. Laters.